Dad, you know how you were saying I need to do more, be more, the whole fast fiber thing? Yes. Anyways, I saw that Vox is offering free standard installation and activation to the value of 3,000 rands. <laughs> That is a good deal. With the money you save, I can buy some new skins for Fortnite. Talk about money in the bank. With free activation to the value of 3,000 Rand. Live smart. Hack life. Level up with Vox Fiber. Visit vox.co.za. T's and C's apply. I'm Richard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 257 for the week starting 7 April 2019. Uh, actually, that's not the date. It's the 22nd. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central. You can WhatsApp the show. 071 is the number to use. On Talk Central this week, Samsung's having some troubles with its folding smartphone. Also on the show this week, news from the world of console gaming. BBM is no more. And Apple and Qualcomm smoke the peace pipe. It's Sunday afternoon. We're live on... We're not live at live... T- <laughs> It's Sunday afternoon. Actually, we are, we are. Not live streaming. We are live streaming at live at TechCentral.co.z, but we're trying something new. And this time, we're talking video and tech. Well, welcome to the show. How's it, Rafael? How's it, Duncan? Bit of a bumbling start there to our first <laughs> video adventure. <laughs> we can just cut and restart if we really want to, right? But let's just, nah, uh, let's take, just it on the on. take it on the chin. Um, we are doing our first live uh, YouTube video for this show. Uh, we haven't publicized it, although it is uh, it is live uh, on YouTube. Uh, we'll probably uh, do it next week. We weren't quite brave enough to um, to send it out on Twitter and, and all the other social media uh, this week, um, given yeah. that it's our first attempt at it and things can go pear-shaped as they already have started to do this episode um but we are uh, we are live on google what's this thing called google hangouts on air on youtube live um and it's working quite well so far we're um we're going to be doing quite a bit of uh, work in the coming months uh, to uh, get the video side of things up and running more smoothly um we have been playing around with some very powerful software called obs studio uh, which is a live streaming a software that many gamers use to stream to services like Twitch. Um, we have been having some difficulties, though. It's not the easiest piece of software to use, and uh, we have been trying to to get um, uh, a Skype call uh, through a technology called in or plugin called NDI to uh, to do the live stream over over YouTube, um, but mm. it hasn't been working very well. So we're using the easier to use for the moment Google Hangouts on Air. Uh, and we'll, we'll include this uh, video with the podcast entry on Tech Central this week. Um, we're also going to still be live on live.techcentral.co.za uh, through our normal speaker links, and we will obviously make the audio version of the podcast available um, as before to uh, to anyone in their favorite who can subscribe in their favorite podcasts, be it iTunes or Pocket Cast or whatever you happen to listen to. But uh, yeah, new frontier for this podcast: live videos. We aim to record at 1 p.m. on Sundays. Don't always quite get that right. Uh, we are recording, in fact, on Monday afternoon today, but it is an Easter long weekend. Rachel and I spent a good chunk of yesterday afternoon uh, playing around with this tech and making sure mm. it's working. Um, and uh, here we are with our first ever attempt at this. Um, and as I say, we'll be brave, and we might be brave enough next Sunday to uh, broadcast this more widely than we are today. Um, Look, I but, think uh, we've certainly we established one thing, Duncan. We definitely hmm. do. We do have faces for radio, not for TV. <laughs> That's true. I think we've come to that realization. <laughs> so why are we doing this exactly? <laughs> oh, I don't know. YouTube, it's fun. It's exciting. It's video. It is fun. It is fun. I love your background there, by the way. You've um, you've got some interesting RGB colorations going on, and uh, that PC over your left shoulder uh, looks like a um, it looks like a bit like a disco. Yeah, that's my yeah. It's it's my stimulating RGB colors. <laughs> it's when I'm tripping every <laughs> night after work, right? Yeah, my old gaming rig over there, collection of Lego, and in the corner you'll see some pink lighting from a very old uh, lava lamp, which is yeah. You no, know, all is the that swag X- for the background of the video. Is that an Xbox controller nailed to your wall as well? Yeah, there's one. There's two more, um, but yeah, it, uh, they just fell down. <laughs> <laughs> they might. They're, they're the relics. They're the ones that. Uh, mm-hmm got damaged in fits of rage yeah so they are up there as tokens tokens of uh, the memories <laughs> so here we are on uh, on easter weekend um it was an interesting start to easter monday the massive massive storm here in certainly in the mm. northwestern side of johannesburg yeah. 
um, neighbors uh, in the complex uh, near me, their wall collapsed. Uh, my house was flooded. Um, sure. uh, really bad stuff. Um, uh, we had a ridiculous amount of rain in about 30 minutes mm. and um, more forecast for this afternoon. So uh, the first thing I did do, though, was um, as soon as I put the mains back on, I, I switched the mains off because I was worried about um, about um, getting electrocuted. But as soon as all the water was mopped up and the mains was back on, of course, check the fiber and it was working fine. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, beautiful fiber. In the in the good old DSL days, internet would have been down across Joburg. Good right days, now. yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> old copper, wet copper. I mean, yeah, it's disastrous. Yeah. At least we know with um, that little copper strand it can get wet. It's fine. Yes, yeah. So uh, the fiber survived a flood this morning, um, and here we are doing the show. <laughs> so um, there's quite a bit to talk about this Easter long weekend. Um, let's let's talk about Samsung Gate, if I can call it that. The latest. And the uh, quiz. Sorry, sorry, Duncan, before we get into that, the quiz. Oh, thank you. I always forget about the quiz. Do you want to do the first <laughs> question? <laughs> All right. In the, in, the, in the quiz that almost wasn't today, BBM is now no more. Who had the license technology? Who had licensed the technology from BlackBerry to continue developing it? Microsoft announced a new Xbox this week, uh, which excludes something previously unthinkable. What's missing? Oh, that's a biggie, yeah. Third question, which chip manufacturer this week gave up on making mobile chips for 5G networks? And the fourth question, NASA's new planet-hunting orbital telescope discovered a first, or its first rather, Earth-sized extrasolar planet this week. What is the telescope called? And the final question, a new report from security researcher Troy Hunt shows that which password the most commonly is is the most commonly used worldwide, and it's yeah, it's surprising, but it's not surprising. Is that one of your passwords, Richard? Yeah, and, uh, it's, it's, I shouldn't be saying this, right? I've got up to at least twenty digits, so I think I'm fine. <laughs> a, password, a password I used to use a lot, and before I realized I was being really, really stupid, um, but I used it across websites. This was, this was a long time ago, and mm. none, of my, none of my accounts use this password anymore in case anyone's thinking of trying it. Uh, it was let, let, let me in 01, and, and I used it across multiple sites. It was with the, really with the E's and the threes mixed up, right? No, it just let me oh, in. Oh, was it just a word? Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Which a brute force hacker would have got in three seconds oh, a little dictionary word search yes mm. but we know yeah. with the beautiful thing uh password keep um you know password managers you know you shouldn't actually be knowing any of your passwords in any case uh, no, that's true that you yeah, should be able to sure. recite it off memory yeah no, i use um... <laughs> I use Dashlane now, and uh, it's all machine generated. And I actually don't know any of my passwords. I think I still know my yeah, I just still know my Google password. But that's the only one. Um, mainly because I have to enter it so often. But I should actually just add my Google password to Dashlane as well. Yeah, with mobile apps now too, it's just it's easy across uh, across all platforms really. Mm. Um, and I've got mm. a few tricks for for recovering my um, um, my my password for my password manager too. So should I forget that or be logged out, I can access that very easily from anywhere um, and then have that password. And it's just, it's, yeah, just little tricks and hiding hmm. it in a few places and that kind of, that type of thing. Yeah. Good times. All right. Now that we've got the quiz out the way, thank you, Rehot. Uh, let's do our, <laughs> um, let's look at this week's news and um, Samsung gates. Um, a couple of years ago, you'll remember the Note 7 battery, exploding battery fiasco, yeah. <laughs> got the, the phones banned on various airlines, etc. Um, well, they seem to have um, shot themselves in the foot again, um, at least uh, if the early reports are anything to go by. Mm -hmm. um, reviewers who got uh, got hold of the Samsung Galaxy Fold, which is their uh, brand new first folding smartphone, uh, many of them have been reporting that it's been breaking. Um, the uh, apparently what reviewers have been doing is there's a protective film across the screen and like you would do when you get a new cell phone is peel that that layer off now apparently this layer on this one is more difficult to pull off but the reviewers did it anyway through a bit of brute force and apparently this layer is necessary to protect the integrity of the screen and you're not supposed to remove it but samsung didn't point this out in the box when any materials that were sent to the early reviewers most of whom seem to be in the us and um, when they did this, uh, there were reportages of the screen breaking. Uh, I saw one video where um, a side of the screen went black, black, and then it slowly moved across the entire phone until it was unusable. 
Um, but there was another issue apparently unrelated to the, the screen protector, if I can call it that. And that's what this sort of weird bulging occurring at the at the point of the fold in the phone, which is really interesting because Samsung claimed that they um, they did tests in their laboratories folding these phones a hundred thousand times in a machine um, to ensure that durability. And these reviewers have managed to break it in in the space of hours. Um, it it does it is concerning that um, that this is happening. Samsung, uh, the latest from Samsung is that they're going ahead with the planned global launch, which is happening just this coming week. It's going on sale, I think, in the US and some other markets on the 24th or the 26th, which is um, later this week. And uh, I, I do wonder what this is going to mean for uh, for demand for this product, because um, I certainly would not be. And this is a remember, this is a two thousand dollar phone. Uh, given these reports, there's no way I'd buy one. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we we knew this from the beginning, though. This it's too early for the it's too early for people to really be investing money in this tech as the main driver as a as a normal consumer. I mean, that's really not. We, we're not really there yet, I think. And then unfortunately, it shows that the technology is still a little bit iffy, if that's the right word. But yeah, I mean, unfortunately, you know, that picker, sticker peeling incident shouldn't shouldn't have happened. I mean, the label should have been better on the box. I don't know if the, if there's a different version of the phone coming out than the, the retail one has maybe got a different form or something on. Well, apparently the new the new um, some the replacement ones that have been sent out to the reviewers, uh, the ones that broke, and now apparently have a sticker on in big letters on the box saying "Do not remove the protective." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, think, but, I mean, sorry, like with like with the mini screen protectors, I also saw a few photographs where the edges just started peeling a little bit. So you know, you get that little unsightly uh, lifted up piece of plastic if your screen protector isn't put on properly. And mm. even if that happens a little bit. That inclination to want to peel it or to—it's—I it, mean—it's there, right? It's—it's it's just an irritation. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see if they've got a program that allows people to replace that. I don't think so. I mean, where they take it into a service center and replace that form if anything happens. Yeah, I'd imagine right. a screen repair—a screen repair on this phone is going to be very expensive. Oh yeah, it'll probably be a few rand. I mean, we know the curve, but again, it's not glass, right? It's—it's it's plastic. So I don't know if there's mm. some benef benefit in terms of pricing. I'm not sure, but it's I'm it's sad. Sure. I mean, I, I'm I'm excited for the technology. Um, never, it's never nice to see a product facing issues like this. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, they're no stranger to do the old yeah. phone scandal. So um, it's how they address it. And if they're confident enough to go ahead with the launches worldwide, yeah, I mean, it says a lot. Unless somebody didn't do their homework again, but yeah, yeah. we won't we won't speculate on that. Yeah, well, they've got a couple of days before it officially is uh, officially launched commercially, so maybe we'll see an update. I think it might be a little bit irresponsible of Samsung to launch this without at least pulling it back for a few weeks to have a look at the issues. Um, and I, I suppose the concern here is that is that um, folding phones could be stillborn because of this. Consumers may say, well, these things break. I'm not going to buy one of these things. Yeah. So forget about it. And it could hold back the development of or, or the mass market adoption of folding phones by several years, I don't think will be it'll it'll be that drastic. I mean, people there's still a demand for it. We know with new tech and innovative tech, even the old Samsung that uh, kind of blew up, <laughs> there was demand for those devices. People wanted to hang on to them, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd, it's 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 definitely putting them in the news. You can you can argue that it's still you know still exposure on them and their folding phones. So it's how they address this again and how they and if they come out and their product is actually good in the hands of your average consumer and it doesn't break as easily. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we're going to see a lot of YouTube videos of, uh, you know, YouTubers trying to do various things to these phones once they get them. And that'll be the perfect uh, kind of field test, right? They should have just done it in the beginning. Put um, mm -hmm. this in the hands of people that want to, want to kind of just use it very in, in a tough environment, in a hard, harsh environment at least. Um, Look, either way, it's good content. It's a very exciting time for us to see what's happening. But uh, yeah, I, I'm still going to be a few years off before I will invest in one of those. Yeah, me too. No, certainly not buying a phone that costs 2,000 US dollars. And that's, mm. che that's cheap compared to the Huawei, which I think is about $2,700. <laughs> Um, no, I see the Huawei is also a nice one. Sorry, that, that I'm looking forward to seeing. I think that one's got a bit more potential, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it, it looks like a better design to me. Uh, Samsung has come to come out and defended its own design, saying it's 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 the one that makes more sense. Mm. Um, but uh, I, and I haven't played with the Samsung one yet. They're having a launch event here in Johannesburg this coming week, so I'm hoping to go along to that too. 
to have a play and uh, see if I can break it. <laughs> Don't follow it the wrong way, all right? Just follow it the right yeah. way. That's the only thing yeah. you need to do. <laughs> you remember at Mobile World Congress this year, they, um, they, they put these folding phones, both Huawei and Samsung, put them behind glass and didn't allow anyone to touch them. One wonders whether they knew something that these things were fragile and uh, they were worried about bad press getting out. Maybe those were early prototypes and they were just worried and they've seen some of these issues during the um, during the development phase of this. Um, it, it does raise interesting questions. Now, the Huawei one, um, as far as I know, is, is you know while they've had um, events where people have been able to play with them and look at them, they haven't sent them out to reviewers yet. Um, and uh, maybe they're going to hold back a bit on that in light of what's happened with Samsung. Uh, wonder, I do wonder if Huawei is going to be affected by the same issues. Look, either way you look at it, it uh, if you do delay a launch, it's probably going to cost a lot more than trying to see. Maybe it's just a few units. Maybe it was a bad production batch. You know, you wouldn't admit that either. Um, but maybe it was that early, you know, maybe the glue wasn't properly set or something. I mean, we've heard these stories before, right? Um, mm. So again, if they're very comfortable with their manufacturing process and they don't foresee this to happen, because like you said earlier too, they have folded these things hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands of times during testing. Um, yes. So we know that the fold is probably secure. This definitely just seems like an adhesive-based issue, really. I mean, because yeah. it's not the integrity of the screen. Everything below it is is fine. Um, it's just if people peel this thing off. And, and let's be honest, you. You know, they, yes, they should have labeled it better, but once once that's out, then people know they shouldn't touch that. Uh, I think they'll be mm. fine. Mm. Interesting times ahead, but with the global commercial launch this week, I guess if they are going to do a recall, then um, it's going to have to happen this week. Yeah, because they know about this issue, and if they if they go ahead with the commercial launch and people start buying this thing and they all start breaking, Samsung could have a class action lawsuit on its hands. Oh, yeah, it's too expensive a part. People aren't, aren't going to take it lightly. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I don't think it's, I mean, if they are going to go ahead with the launch, definitely not as big an issue as a battery issue because there you physically have to get those phones back and replace the batteries. Um, yes. In this case, if they just fix, and, and also the batteries are much more difficult to, one to fix, if, especially if you've got 10 million batteries in your storeroom. Um, mm -hmm. With this, considering the construction of, or considering what it is that's failing, um, it's likely that the fix would be easy, or if they have, if 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 they had to fix it, it would have been easy. Or it's just a matter of improving on that uh, mm. that little piece of plastic. I wonder if there's a market for after-party or third-party <laughs> um, foldable phone covers. Um, should you wish to replace it with something better? Can you put covers on these things? I've been wondering about that. Yes, I've seen I've seen a few little video clips online. Um, it's like a little snap-on, two little half snap-on that just fits onto each side of the oh, um, I see. back of Makes the phone. Um, but that's because the Samsung one folds inwards. The Huawei mm. one folds outwards. outwards. So the screens, yeah, the screens are so there. I don't know what you will do. You'll probably just have a um, either see-through silicone style cover that just kind of gives you bumper protection. Um, or just really thick screen protectors, I guess. Mm. Or just carry it very, very carefully. <laughs> very, very gently. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some interesting news, Rechard, this week in the world of console gaming. Um, Microsoft announced a new Xbox One S, uh, the first Xbox that they've announced. It doesn't have an optical drive, uh, so you'd have to get all of your content over the internet, over your broadband connection. Probably not that surprising, right? No, I mean, the last, as an Xbox 360 user, through, towards the last end of last, middle, beginning of last year, um, I was able to buy games off the 360 store. And I mean, that negated the reason, uh, the need to go out and buy a physical disc. I mean, mm. I think they, the, the numbers must have shown it definitely. I mean, people just love that service. On demand gaming, we've got fiber now. Um, mm. It is a bit sad, I guess, because, you know, going out to the shop and buying the disc, it's, it's, it's always been fun, you know, looking going, looking for the game, but it's, it's impractical today. It is a big mm. milestone, though. I mean, if you think about the main, one of the, one of the main reasons why consoles kind of held out so long or, or why they managed to hold out so long is kind of the piracy thing, right? So, you know, your physical disc isn't as easy to pirate on your con with your console with, with all those chips in where they can check uh, if, if the integrity of the... You know, the software that you're running is actually valid. Um, again, they don't need to do that anymore uh, because if you stream your, if, with games being online and if you just download your games um, straight from the internet, you know that you, you're kind of cutting out that 
you can't power it to game as easy more because you're connected to the network and the network always checks that you've got a valid account and, and et cetera, yeah. et cetera, and that you actually did purchase that. Um, so I'm sure it makes sense in the long run for them to do to do this. But yeah, games mm -hmm. on demand, what, what could be better? It's it's the obvious uh, way this is going. Uh, interestingly, Sony has hinted that it's next, in fact, more than hinted, they've said the PlayStation 5, or whatever it ends up being called, will have a, an optical drive, presumably a Blu-ray player. Um, so Sony's Sony's committed. Microsoft yeah. um, Microsoft not so much. Although this this Xbox One S um, discless edition is, is is aimed at the sort of entry level of the end of the market. Now I would have imagined that the discless version of these consoles would have perhaps appealed to the mm. higher end users um, because they're the ones who are more likely to have the broadband uh, connections to be able to download these mm -hmm. massive games. Exactly. Um, but I mean, I guess the the, the cost of a physical drive that drive is still still a few rand, right? Hmm. Are you right there? Are you swimming in water yet, Duncan? Yeah, I know. I'm just saying the rain is coming down again, so... Uh, <laughs> I can, yeah, I can hear paint dripping in the background. It, yeah. It, your piece is <laughs> covered. <laughs> it's covered, yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, discless. I, you know, if I, if I was going to buy a console today, and you know I'm not a console gamer, mm. I, I, um, I'd see no reason to, to get one with a, an optical drive in it. No, I agree. I mean, it's it's and on games you can buy games cheap online if I'm not mistaken too. It's slightly cheaper if you buy a digital version. I, I, I haven't, I haven't checked. I haven't checked. But I think just coming back to your point earlier about Sony, Sony's got a big interest in keeping the disc alive because of the you know mm. all the other divisions. You know, if you know if they stop it on the PlayStation, I think the ramifications, the repercussions within kind of the other businesses would also you know we'll see mm. a slight. Slight decline within the discs, you know, disc um, usage. Blu-ray, Blu-ray, Blu-ray is their technology. I mean, they invented mm. it, and they had a they had a massive, a massive war with who was it? Panasonic and Microsoft over HD DVD about yeah. eight nine yeah, years ago. Remember that? Mm. Yeah, um, and they won that. That was, uh, um, I mean, that was uh, with a modern equivalent of VHS versus Betamax, and uh, yeah. and Sony Blu-ray won that war. But it was a bit of a pyrrhic victory, wasn't it? Because the Blu-ray format is um, go on its way out rapidly. Yeah, I mean, people aren't consuming disc-based content anymore. Everything is no. streaming. I mean, even in South Africa, which is a lag, usually lags in this technology, has seen a really impressive uptake in streaming services. So, mm. you know, you would imagine, I mean, yes, we do still have a very big movie rental market here, uh, especially in the smaller towns. Um, where people don't really have access to, you know, the likes of the Netflix or don't have broadband capacity or broadband access for it. Mm. Um, but yeah, this is this is the way everything's going, right? On demand, instantaneously available, and no physical media. You know, if you can sell it to me quicker, mm. on if I buy something on a whim, you know, it's, it's a lot easier for me to do so digitally via, uh, than me going to the shop. Yeah. There's also a bit of that consumerism angle, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, we're heading into the next console generation quite soon. And uh, mm. so Sony executives this week um, providing some details about that PS5, uh, assuming, again, if that's what it's going to be called, which it probably will be. Um, that's going to be coming out sometime next year, probably, towards the end, back end of next year. And what, what I found most interesting about the announcement was that um, it's going to support 8K gaming. Oh, that's certainly looking towards the future, right? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but 8K is... Sorry, Sorry with now with 8K also, I mean those extra those extra pixels come in very handy if you have uh, VR, two 4K screens in your eyes, basically. Um, mm. So you know th there's going to be a big play, I think, for consoles in general. Because now with PC, you can I mean I can get a HTC Vive and plug it in and, and it can work. But generally, as with most things on a PC base, you know your hardware needs to be updated. Make sure you've got the right amount of RAM, graphics card, all that. A console makes it easy, so it's plug and play. Mm. And if you have some, I've, I've Surprisingly, seen a lot of people who love their VR. I don't know if it's a full VR headset, but they've got VR capabilities, right? Currently, with some of their games, um, game titles, and people are enjoying that. So I can only imagine once you improve the quality, you know, give a more immersive experience. Maybe I don't know if they're going to even look at Hololens like technology, you know. But even you know, having said that, just full-on VR, I think it's going to be fantastic in high resolution. Mm. Um, even if you have scaled it down to 4K, which you will have to, I don't think 8K yeah. VR is going to be a reality for these devices. Yeah, I do wonder about whether we really need 8K at this point. I mean, you you can't buy an 8K TV in retail in this country anyway right mm -hmm. now. I know there are a couple of manufacturers who have 
developed uh, 8K TVs. I'm not sure how widely um, available they are commercially, um, but uh, if they are, if you can buy them in retail, you, you just know they're going to be very, very, very expensive right now in the hundreds of thousands of rand. Yeah. Um, so 4K, 4K has just really taken off. I mean, the price of 4K came down very rapidly, and you can now buy a 4K TV for the same price you would have bought a full HD TV five years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and no doubt we're going to head that in direction with, with 8K, but um, I'm not sure what we need 8K for unless we're going for very large TVs, sort of 90-inch plus. I also think it's a power. It, it, remember, the power that, that you have in your console to be able to push 8K will then also be allowed to, to do really good 4K True. You know, with all mm. the fancy bells and whistles for that game switched on. So yeah. um, I think it's a bit of a, it's obviously betting in the future, but it's also just making sure that it's, it's like the cool sticker they can put in the box that says we first 8k console or whatever mm. but it just really helps with you know with gaming in general because it's just a much more powerful um, this powerful will be a console. true 4k console whereas i think the current generations while they can play a 4k resolution mm. they probably are turn, dialing down some of the special effects yeah exactly. um, this will this ps5 and whatever the next xbox is this will be the the true for 4k consoles even though sony is already marketing that this thing's going to be capable of 5k i don't think you're necessarily going to be getting a fantastic experience at 8k yeah i agree also we need to look at the develop the, the developer support for it i don't think i'm sure you know having 8k resolution graphics for a game is is quite a bit of a you know step up from just having 4k or even 1080p type graphics mm. uh, a lot more work that has to be done um Within the art department, so interesting time. But look, I mean, you, you can't. You need the power, right? Because you never, you never know what's uh, around the next corner. Um, a new gaming engine. I mean, we've seen the new Unreal engine with some of the photorealistic. Wow, um, that's amazing. Renders. It's absolutely incredible. Um, and again, that might not be four. Uh, that might not be eight K when you play it on your on your TV. If you play it in four K, but your machine will be able to process all those things in real time. That's photorealism. Mm. That's mind blowing. Absolutely mind blowing. Yeah. It's very exciting. Um, it's going to be amazing to see what games look like in five years. Now, sometimes I wish I could get into a teleportation device and just go forward 10 years, play a game from the future, and then come back again <laughs> and report on it. Because, it, I mean, a game game, game graphics from 10 years from now are going to be so good. We, we, won't even, we can't even picture it, I think. No, it's, it's unreal. I mean, just think, think back where we were raving. I saw a few old magazine covers recently where um, the game graphics were, were kind of this is the best game graphics we've ever seen. It's like blocky, pixelated. I mean, we mm. lived in a, in a time where that was fantastic. Old Doom and Duke Nukem. <laughs> those graphics yeah. were mind-blowing. Uh, right? yeah, Doom was groundbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're just getting close to reality. So it's, it's, um, mm. it's, it's obviously looking forward to that type of technology. But uh, playing, imagine playing a game like PUBG or Battlefield and it's, it looks like you're actually playing a movie because the, yeah. the graphics are so real. Yes. That that is a yes. that is a twisted. That's where it's uh, going. Twisted, yeah, it'll be twisted gaming, really, if you think about it. Mm. Yeah. It could get very weird once things look yeah. like the real thing. Yeah, that's where it's going, though. Um, I mean, I, I remember when Doom first came out, and it was like, oh, wow, look at these graphics. And now you can play Doom in a web browser. <laughs> yeah, and it looks horrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I'm a fan of PUBG. I've been playing a lot of that as I usually do. And the game that even that game graphically, they've really improved it. Um, okay. You know, okay. the, continu the continual kind of just smoothing the game, making sure the graphics run better. And and again, you know, you don't need a monster beast to run it. Mm. Um, now we got the dig digressing a bit here, but uh, it's it's just there's, there's I guess there's a limit that there's a limit in how real you want certain things to be. I guess you know you don't necessarily want to be playing a full-on war game and having blood, guts, and gores in your face. And you, I mean, maybe that's what people want, but uh, the <laughs> I'm game, sure that's what they the, want. Console, <laughs> the consoles will be able to do that, right? Yeah. They're going to be so hyper-realistic. It's, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, but uh, speaking of, of legacy stuff, um, did you ever use a BlackBerry? Uh, yeah, I was never, I kind of, yeah, I, I, no, I didn't want to get involved with the BlackBerry back in there. I didn't like it. I didn't like the operating system. The Neither operating did. system was horrible. Yeah. Neither did I. I, like I, the I never learned one. Yeah. yeah, the keyboard was good, but uh, I, I never, I also never found the, any interest in, in, in buying a BlackBerry. I was very much on the, the Nokia treadmill, and um, I liked the direction they were taking with those um, 
they were feature phones, but they were advanced feature phones, mm. like the E71 and the E72 and, uh, and and some of those devices with keyboards. Um, I thought they were a good response to BlackBerry, and I, I, I must say I preferred Symbian to the BlackBerry OS. Um, but uh, BlackBerry was huge in this country uh, mm. just 10 years ago, and uh, one of the reasons for that was, of course, the BlackBerry Internet Service, BIS, um, which included uh, BBM for free. Um, these are back in the days when mobile data charges were utterly ludicrous. And for 15 or 60 rand a month, uh, you'd get the BlackBerry Internet Service, which included unlimited internet and unlimited texting. Um, and as a result of that, BBM, or BlackBerry Messenger, was absolutely massive in South Africa. It was rivaling Mixit at the time. In fact, it may have even overtaken Mixit um, at one point. Um, and um, it, all the kids had Blackberries. It was it was absolutely incredible because you remember Blackberry started out as a pager type service, and uh, and then and then they developed um, the smartphones, and they were huge in uh, corporate America. Um, if you remember at the time of the 9/11 attacks in New York, um, people were sending out BBM messages from the tower. Um, all, the, all the executives were using were using BBM and, and, and on their Blackberries. And then for some reason, in, in emerging markets in particular, and it's because of this, um, this, this, uh, this low-cost business uh, or BlackBerry internet service that offering that they introduced with mobile operators, um, it, it got a huge take-up, among, particularly amongst teenagers. Uh, and it was a massive service in South Africa until, until WhatsApp really started to take off, until the smartphone started to take off. So first, the iPhone, which obviously wasn't used hugely in South Africa. Um, and then, of course, Android devices spread like wildfire and WhatsApp rapidly mm. displaced it. Um, but I think what many people don't know is that uh, since BlackBerry exited the smartphone market, um, although you'll, you can still buy a BlackBerry smartphone, it's no longer made by the Black the Canadian company. It's now made I think, by an Indonesian or a Th Thailand company. I, I forget the name of them. Uh, and um, But there, there's a company called Mtech, I think they're called Mtech, um, Indonesian company that bought the licensing rights uh, to uh, yeah, it's MTech Group uh, to the BBM software, and they've continued to develop it ever since the BlackBerry since BlackBerry pulled the plug on its smartphone business. Uh, but it's uh, and what they did, uh, one of the first things they did was they decided to make it cross-platform. Whereas before BBM would only run on Blackberries, um, they then introduced versions uh, that worked on both Android and iOS. But it was too little, too late, I think, and um, and WhatsApp had already started to entrench itself. Uh, WhatsApp already killed Mixit, um, which was the South African homegrown um, messaging service that was hugely popular on feature phones for a while uh, and never really made the transition to smartphones. Um, but BBM soldiered on for, for quite a few years, and they've now announced the end of next month that um, they're pulling the plug on it. There will be no more BBM. So rest the numbers in peace, must BBM. Be, rest in peace indeed, but the numbers must be really low, right? I mean, I would love mm. to see that. Is it single digits, double digits, maybe a few hundred Tiny. people? tiny but yeah um, it's, it's it's unfortunate i mean it was a great system i was always envious of it um you know having access to kind of chatting to everybody instantly you know for virtually for free or for free hmm. but that whole pin idea i don't like so much so you need to share your pin and you and if you lose lost your hmm. phone you know you had to get a new pin so you had to basically re-add everybody it was it was a bit weird it was a bit clunky in that regard um, and WhatsApp just yeah, came, came out of nowhere with the most strangest name for a messaging application, yes. WhatsApp. <laughs> yes, yes. I was very confused by that for a while. Uh, so my wife, yeah. uh, is, my wife is watching this video and she just posted a comment. Um, yeah, our first person to watch us do a live stream, I suspect. <laughs> um, since we haven't advertised this, uh, we'll do something quite next week quite heavily and um, hopefully we'll um, get um, people involved in the chat room and uh, get a proper discussion going, which is well, why we're we actually doing this and why I'm really excited about uh, uh, using YouTube as a platform to doing like, we're doing this podcast via a live video. Mm -hmm. But uh, my wife says, my Blackberry Bold took awesome photos. Um, I can't imagine the pictures were anything compared to the pictures you get on a modern smartphone. But um, yeah. but yeah, they they were they did they did have good cameras. I've, I've, I've heard um, I've heard quite a few people say that compared to the phones of the time, um, they, um, they they took good pictures. But obviously, mm. compared to a modern iPhone or a Samsung or a, or a high-end Huawei, um, those old phones, that pictures are pretty crappy. Yeah, and without like anything to do with those photographs, it's also it was a bit pointless. I mean, what what happened to all those photographs that people had on those kind of pre-smartphone camera phones? Because there was no mm. real way to, to download it or store it in Google Photos. No. 
you'd lose the relationship. Yeah, today every photograph you take automatically gets pushed up to the internet. You back it up, it's there. Mm. You know, I can go back mm. five, six years now um, and search it using artificial intelligence. Oh, that's the best, isn't it? When you type in find a place Dogs. or find brown, <laughs> you know, brown paper or whatever, you know, it's crazy. Yes. It's yeah, love old girl AI. Show pictures of my dogs in 2002, and it'll find it's amazing. Well, actually, not, not that far back, not that far back, but <laughs> it is actually it's 18, what's 18, almost what 19 years now, 18 years. That's a long no, time. Well, the, the Google photo, 2002. Oh, the photo service, I see what you're saying. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, BBM is gone, and uh, no doubt will not really be missed since no one was really using it anymore. BB what? Um, <laughs> BB what? Maybe it was still quite big in Indonesia, but nowhere else really. Yeah. So, uh, what's uh, what else do we need to talk about this week? Apple and Qualcomm. So, you know, these companies were at each other's throats until recently. Um, Apple, Tim Cook having a real go at Qualcomm's business model and saying, we're not paying these exorbitant license fees. Uh, we, we think your business model sucks and um, we, we don't want anything to do with you. Um, and uh, Apple was um, really trying to was doing their best to uh, say, well, you know, we, we're not going to work with Qualcomm anymore. We're not interested in your chipsets, etc. Except they had a problem. Qualcomm is the world leader in 5G chipsets, and uh, apart from going to China to source alternatives, which I don't think Apple was going to do, uh, they didn't really have an option. Uh, Intel has been struggling to get their 5G chipsets uh, ready for market, and in fact, Intel announced just this week that they are pulling the plug on their 5G mobile wireless business and won't be developing chipsets for the mobile industry at all, or certainly not for 5G chipsets. Um, it's, not, it's difficult to know wh which came first, Apple's decision to pull the plug or Intel's decision not to <laughs> continue with making these chipsets. Uh, maybe it was a joint uh, decision between the two parties. Um, but I think Apple kind of shot itself in the foot in some respects in this going, going so hardcore after after Qualcomm and now they've been forced to back down in kind of a groveling way and say to Qualcomm, actually, you guys, we need you after all. Um, we might think your business model sucks, but um, we're not going to see you anymore and we'll, um, we'll, <laughs> we'll buy your chips. Um, <laughs> uh, they they kind of should have, could have, should have seen this coming though, shouldn't they? I mean, Intel has always struggled with mobile chips. Um, and it, it was pretty clear from a while ago that they weren't really going to make a big wave in, in 5G, just like they haven't really been successful in previous mobile generations. Um, and so maybe Tim Cook shouldn't have been so hard if I can use that word, um, towards, towards Qualcomm, no matter, no matter if what he thinks of the company's business practices. That's what, it's what happens when you kind of get a big head and you think you're the, the best thing mm. since sliced bread, which I guess people can, some people argue that they are. But um, yeah, I mean, you can't be everything to everyone and then still try and reinvent, you know, the silicon behind it. Um, yeah. They've done well so far, but in certain things, you kind of need to leave it to the experts. I'm not saying they don't have the engineers, but yeah, I mean, Qualcomm, you know, these guys haven't been around for just a few years, right? They've been around since the dawn of IT or tech. Mm. <laughs> That's a bit of a big brother to get go up against if you if you if you are a bit. Um, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Cocky. Yeah. Ardachat. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to repeat your word. Your word was better. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, what I can imagine is happening now, though, um, knowing how Ardachat, let's use it for a third time, Apple and Tim Cook are, is they'll buy the 5G chipset so they can get their 5G iPhone out next year. Uh, or maybe even this year, um, although I suspect it's going to be a 2020 project. Maybe they bring it forward, especially with Samsung and, and Huawei introducing 5G models this year. Maybe they bring it forward. And they use Qualcomm chips, and maybe they do that next year, and maybe they even do it the year after that. But you can be sure that what Apple is going to be doing behind the scenes with all those billions and billions of dollars they have is building their own 5G chipset business, just like they've done in processes. Mm. I wonder. I mean, I wonder what that agreement between them will say. Perhaps something like Apple mm. cannot go into that business for the next 10, 15 years, if twenty years or whatever. I don't know. They can't do that. Um, that would be if that came out. They would. There would be a massive, a massive lawsuit by the U.S. government, antitrust. They can't. They, that mm. that is directly anti-competitive, and they cannot enter into an agreement like that. Interesting. I don't, think Apple would, I, don't, I don't think Apple. I don't think Apple would anyway, because I, I don't think Apple mm. wants to. I don't think they want to be so reliant on Qualcomm. Clearly, the you know they've settled this um, 
because it was pragmatic to do so, but I, I don't think the animosity has gone away. I don't think Apple thinks any more of Qualcomm than they did last week. <laughs> well, I mean, they will definitely be re-engineering uh, those chips, um, reverse engineering those chips to understand how they work, right? I mean, isn't that what you would do as Apple? So surely Qualcomm know. should know should know something is going to happen next year. So they should have mm. Uh, mm. a plan of their own. I mean, I'm sure at these mm. high levels, you kind of yeah, it's, it's who outwits who, rather than who just buys the most chips. Mm. And I, I don't really know enough about the the subject of of, of how, how much work goes into into building um, these sort of products, these semiconductor plants and all the work that goes on behind it. And I know it's a very expensive business, but I find it amazing that the company that dominated desktop computing for so long um, has been unable to transform itself in the era of mobile computing. And they've just allowed a, an upstart. I mean, they've been around for a long time, but they still are essentially an upstart next to Intel, talking about Qualcomm. Uh, to, to come in and dominate this market when you'd think that Intel would have the nous, the wherewithal, the factories, um, the management capability, the technical capability uh, to be able to develop chipsets and, and processes for mobile phones. And they just haven't been able to do it. It's bizarre. It, it is very strange. And I mean, maybe somebody just didn't keep their eye on the ball there and maybe thought of this as a non-major a non threat to their business and maybe realize that a year too late, six months too late. Um, and then, yeah, you can't catch up from that point. But they've got all yeah. the, the technical know-how, right? They should mm. be able, they should have been able to do it. Yeah. Um, but that was, perhaps it was just backing a different horse, which is, you know, the desktop enterprise market. Mm. Yeah, and the mobile chips are very different. I mean, they have to be super power efficient. And uh, it could be argued that desktop processes aren't that. Although Intel's done a lot of good work with that, particularly for mobile-oriented, uh, laptop-oriented um, processes, but but still, um, I suppose mobile is a different class of its own. I do wonder if someone's written a book about this because it would be a subject, uh, an interesting subject matter to a story about the rise of Qualcomm and how they how they ran rings around Intel. Yeah, must have a look. that is a fascinating. That must be a fascinating story. I agree. Mm -hmm. And that, Rechot, is our news this week. Uh, let's move on to our regular features. Um, in, in the rush of uh, cleaning up at my house this morning, um, I <laughs> did the show notes in a bit of a rush after this morning's <laughs> flood. So uh, we don't have a winner and loser this week. Uh, we'll be back with, uh, with uh, those next week. Do you have a, a pick this week, Rechot? I actually don't, Duncan. I actually don't today. So for the first time in the history of ever, I'm going to pass <laughs> my... That's all right. I've got a cool <laughs> pick to make up for it. Um, so, oops, excuse me as I knock the mic stand. Um, I um, recently got a new pair of headphones, um, and it's not the ones, if you're watching the video, it's not the ones I'm currently wearing. These are my old Bose QC35s, which I love, but they're getting a bit long in the tooth, and the cups need replacing, they're getting a bit worn, etc. And I was getting really frustrated with these um, USB-C dongles, um, which uh, I keep losing, etc., etc. And I've been reading very good reviews about the particular pair of headphones that I ended up buying. Um, and I am pleased to say that the reviews are quite accurate. And this is an amazing pair of headphones. Um, it was either this or get all the um, QC35s from Bose, QC35 part three or part two, I forget which. I considered those, read the reviews, and eventually settled on this pair of Sony's. They're the WH1000XM3. Um, I don't know why tech companies come up with these complicated names for their products, but anyway, the WH1000XM3, uh, over-ear, Bluetooth, um, wireless headphones, noise-canceling headphones, and I am absolutely blown away. And I was mentioning to you while we are doing our testing ahead of our live show today, Rehot, that um, uh, I fired up some uh, deeper bass in um, in Spotify. Now, this is not my style of music, you know. I'm into I was just my classic say your rock. Favorite type of music, Duncan. <laughs> into my prog and, and, and classic rock, but I wanted to test them out, and the deep deep bass seemed like a good way of doing it. And the bass, the depth of bass on on these on these headphones is absolutely mind blowing. No distortion. Turn the volume right up. Um, and you could be listening to the most powerful speakers in a nightclub. I mean, it's really, really impressive. So uh, if you're watching the video, here's the, um, here they are, the WH-1000MX3, super comfortable. Um, apparently, the previous versions of this particular Sony headset have had a problem with the, um, what do you call the bit of across the top, the, um, this, the, oh, the head, head strap section. The head, yeah, that connects the, 
the side pieces. Cups, apparently yeah. on the pre the cups, yeah, on the previous versions, apparently this was prone to breaking. Uh, and I'm just just hoping they fix that in the M M3. But if they break, I will definitely report back on this podcast. But <laughs> I haven't seen any reports online about them breaking. Um, but uh, yeah, if you're if you're in the market for a good pair of high end headphones, uh, I am seriously impressed with these. Um, go check them out. What's the damage on a pair like that? Is it is it is it an amount of money that you can say live on air or? Yes, I can. You might it's not, not in the, to know myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's not in the five. It's not in the five 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 digit range. Thankfully, um, you can get. Uh, I was at a music warehouse in Midrand recently, and I've got a pair of Sennheisers there that we were retailing for twenty seven thousand rand. They're nowhere nearly in that sort of category, um, uh, and I suspect those Sennheisers do produce a better sound, but not enough to justify the price difference. Um, these are six k. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. I was expecting eight or nine thousand. Yeah, it's not bad for what they for the sound quality and and, uh, and the comfort and all the rest mm. of it. I'm I'm very very impressed with uh, with those. So those are the Sony WH one thousand MX three, and Rechard will be back with his with a pick next week. I had a song pick, but yeah, we're not doing that anymore. So no, we're not uh, doing we're not doing that. Well, in fact, we'll get to that at the end of the show. In fact, we are almost at the end of the show, aren't we? We've done our uh, yeah, we've done our soul pick for this week. So yeah, we're we're not playing out with the song anymore. Um, with us doing live video, um, playing a song over YouTube, uh, is going to introduce all sorts of rights conflicts, and uh, we the channel may actually get banned by YouTube because they've got algorithms that listen for copyrighted music, even though we do have a um. A license here in South Africa to distribute music through Capasso. Uh, that's coming to an end at the, uh, in early June, I think it is. So um, we're going to let that expire. Um, so we won't have songs at the end of the show anymore, unfortunately. But um, we've got to we've got to move on and uh, do new things. And uh, I'm quite excited about this uh, this live video. And so we'll be tooting it up next week. Otherwise, join us at 1 p.m. on Sunday afternoon. We'll do our best to be here on schedule. Uh, and join the chat room, and uh, we look forward to engaging with you. I think it's a much more, um, it's a much better way of uh, of engaging our audience and getting your feedback. So we look forward to you joining us live on air next week. Look out for a tweet. We'll send it out um, at least an hour before, I'd say, um, on uh, on Tech Central's Twitter account, which is at Tech Central, one word. And before we wrap up this live YouTube broadcast, uh, let's do our quiz. The first question: BBM is no more. What? Which? Who? Sorry, who had licensed the technology from BlackBerry to continue developing it? And that is Indonesia's Mtech Group. The second question: Microsoft announced a new Xbox this week, which excludes something previously unthinkable. What is missing? And the answer is that all elusive optical drive. DVD is no more, right? Indeed. Uh, which chip manufacturer this week gave up on making multi multi multiple making mobile chips for 5G networks? And that's, of course, Intel. The fourth question. NASA's new planet-hunting orbital telescope discovered its first Earth-side extrasolar planet this week. What is the telescope called? And the answer is Transitioning Exoplanet Survey Satellite, or TESS. And the last question, uh, a new report from security researcher Troy Hunt shows which password is the most commonly used worldwide. Believe it or not, that is one, two, three, four, five, six. Still, still the most, <laughs> it's crazy. It's been At like that for a long time. In, hey? At least it's not let me in. Let me in, yeah. Uh, the second most uh, common password was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And the third was QWERTY, Q-W-E-R-T-Y. Really? People don't. People don't care. <laughs> people don't care about their security. Obviously, that's not. Why, Obviously not. That's why hacking is such a such a, a, a lucrative career. It seems, you know. Yeah, you don't even and have to get, know and have any yeah, skills. Exactly. You just type in QWERTY. <laughs> yeah, you can just out of out of a hundred, you must get at least one hit, right? Out of a hundred attempts, yeah. to somebody. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's yeah. You could you could actually go onto Gmail. Uh, you might have to change your IP address a few times because Google probably pick mm. up multiple attempts. You can type in random email addresses at Gmail addresses and, uh, and no doubt get into someone's account within a few minutes because of this. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy scary. <laughs> so yeah, but our tip of the week should still well, it still is get yourself a password uh, password manager and avoid yeah. all the tassels. That's for sure. And you recommend LastPass? One lot was it LastPass or yeah, one LastPass? LastPass. LastPass. Yeah, yeah. Okay. For mobile, I, 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 
But you also on mobile, right? You also have a mobile app for it. Yes. You can do the same thing, yeah. yeah. I use Dashlane, yeah. It's a little bit pricey, um, and I should probably look at one pass when my current subscription expires or last pass. Um, but yeah. What do, what, do you uh, get, what do you get for the money you pay? Um, it comes with a VPN, which I don't use, actually, because I subscribe to NordVPN. Um, it gives you um, the ability to store your passwords across all your devices, um, which I'm sure they all do. Mm. Um, there is a free tier that you can just use on one PC if if you if you not if you don't need it on on more than one device, which obviously I do. Um, mm. uh, what else does it give you? It gives you security alerts when stuff is found, when there's been any hacking incident, or oh, right, your right. or your details are found on the dark web or something like that. They they proactively alert you. They tell you you need to change your Yahoo password, for example, when there's mm. been a breach. And you can just do it, click, tap, 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 done. Um, so it's quite yeah, proactive in, in that yeah, sense. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Yeah, I presume yours does all that as well, though. Yeah, it's on the browser. I've got the app on my phone if I want to do anything on the phone. But uh, for the browser-based, uh, the Chrome plugin it takes care of the rest. Um, mm. And then it's just nice if I want to search for something. So I can, you know, if I, you, know, you don't always want to log in someplace, but you want to get the password to copy it to go in from another PC or from another tab or another browser or something so it's yeah yeah it just makes yeah. it a lot easier to to get access i just like the process of getting access to your passwords with the last pass for sure it's a pretty, for pretty sure. good app. so i started recording this show uh on youtube and then forgot to uh, record the audio version uh until about halfway in so what i'll be doing this week is stripping the audio out of uh the YouTube video side, where the audio quality in the podcast version probably won't be quite up to our normal standards, although it'll be quite listenable to the YouTube quality. Um, that was entirely my, my mistake, and uh, we'll be back to our normal podcast audio quality from next week. Uh, but you're welcome to, if, if you want to see our um, see what we look like, um, see our made-for-radio faces, um, then uh, check out the video. <laughs> That's right, that covers his face. Uh, check out the, the video uh, in the podcast entry on the website this week. Um, so with all those glitches out of the way and the podcast out of the way for this week, uh, next week we'll be back next Sunday, 1 p.m. Do join us live. Um, uh, again, we'll be tweeting it out and check out uh, Tech Central's YouTube channel as well, uh, where you can find all of these videos. So from Rechard and myself, until Sunday, cheers. Ciao, ciao.